Hello and welcome to Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers, Superintendent of Schools for Ailey Independent School District, and I want to thank everyone for joining uh, our episode today. This episode is going to be consistent with a theme or a pattern that I hope that, uh, for those of you that listen to this consistently, that, that I hope is consistent with previous conversations. And uh, whether you work in Ailey, whether you live in the Houston area or, or not, uh, there's one thing that's consistent in today's workplace whether it's a school district or private sector company, doesn't matter. And that is that employees want to be heard. In most cases, more than that, they want to be heard. And if they have something to say, they would like for something to be done about what they have to say. And to that extent, today's conversation is going to be around how Ailey ISD attempts to engage our, our staff, our employees. And uh, just a couple of quick quick points. We have um, somewhere around 6,500 employees in this district, give or take, uh, doing all walks of work. we got, obviously, teachers and leaders, and we have manual trades who take care of our facilities, and we've got support staff. And so trying to make all of them have a an enjoyable work experience sometimes is, is difficult in, in the best of case situations. Uh, but one of the things our district has started doing over the last five to six years is participating in a it's a survey, but it's it's more about asking our employees how they feel about working in our district. Are they engaged in our district? And you're going to hear that term a lot, and I'm going to let our guests define that. But today's topic is about how do we find out what our employees are thinking and then what do we do about it. To that extent, I want to uh, let our guests introduce themselves, uh, who they are and what they do, and then we're going to have this conversation about how do we engage our employees, how do we know what's on their minds, and more importantly, how do we attempt to respond to that and uh, – and, and attempt to improve as an organization. So uh, I'm going to start with Daryl Alexander and let him introduce himself, and then we'll go to Elizabeth and then Kimberly. Daryl? Yes, my name is Daryl Alexander. I'm the executive director of Human Resources, and I have the wonderful opportunity to work with all of our schools in terms of employee engagement, employee relations, and you know what's happening in the culture uh, throughout ALEAF ISD. I'm Elizabeth Ellis Powell, Assistant Superintendent of Human Resources. Hi, I'm Kimberly Saunders. I'm the campus secretary for the A-Leaf Career Center. And and obviously myself and Daryl and Elizabeth are in quote-unquote leadership roles. We're the ones that are responsible for providing leadership in this district. And and Kimberly is representing all 6,500 other employees in this district. And I told her before we started, I, I think her voice is going to be by far the most important voice in this conversation because she's going to be speaking from someone who works in the field, if you will, and feels the brunt of decisions that we make, good or bad. And yeah, they're all good. <laughs> I'd like to think that. But uh, I'm under no impression, under no illusion. But before we get into that, I, I've asked Daryl if you could just talk a little bit about the top workplace survey. What what is it? You know, how did we get involved in it, and then um, and the why, and then we can get into a conversation about what we hear, what we see, and how does that how does that impact our day to day jobs? Yeah. So about uh, four years ago in 2016, uh, we became aware of a top workplace survey that was facilitated by the Houston Chronicle. Uh, and basically, the top workplace surveys uh, every employee in the district, either through an electronic email or a paper survey. And it basically asks them uh, different things in terms of the culture of A-Leaf and how they feel about the culture of A-Leaf. Things like, I believe A-Leaf ISD is, is going in the right direction. A-Leaf ISD operates by strong values. I feel generally appreciated by A-Leaf ISD. 
So there's different culture statements that the employee rates A-Leaf on, and we are uh, ecstatic that for the last four years, uh, we've been named a top workplace uh, by the Houston Chronicle. We're very excited about the results that we get back, not just being named a top workplace, but also getting detailed analysis on those results that we can then uh, share with our department supervisors and also our campus principals in terms of what their employees said about their campus or department and how they feel about the culture uh, in that campus and department. So the feedback is valuable. We are in the process of uh, developing plans to share those results back with our campuses and asking the campuses uh, to develop some action plans uh, to uh, address both the positive and the negative things that, that we get back. And one of the things that we stress with our supervisors is that you have to be willing to accept feedback. And many times that feedback is positive, but uh, there are times that the feedback has concerns on it. And, and we welcome those concerns, and, and hopefully we're addressing those concerns by developing a plan. We're in the people business, right? We're about people. And when you have, you know, as many employees as we have, you're not going to make everyone happy all the time. Kim, from your perspective, and I want to talk about the mechanics of a survey. When you receive a, a request from me or from leaders in this district about the survey, what goes through your mind? Do you, do you feel as though it's relevant? It's I do. Yes, or you would be saying them out. (laughs) No, they. I I do think it's relevant. I think it's important to know what's going on in our community, in our staff, in our workplace, the culture of it, and to get everybody's feedback and to backdoor on Daryl. We do the surveys per campus, but I think as when we come together, like when we do our um, convocations and we come Mm -hmm. together, um, yeah, we're not going to make everybody happy, but you can tell the difference when we're in those convocations. Right. Yeah, I think it's pretty relevant. Do you sense that most employees are, let me use this, this is a very loose term, are they appreciative or grateful for being asked their opinion? Are they skeptical? Here's the the first thing I get back from those who are skeptical is, well, you are going to use this to figure out who's the right. I was going to go malcontents, with, right? I was going to go gonna, with the skeptical. Right. When we see them come across our email, I don't think a lot of people take it as a positive thing. It's just like a Oh, here we go. And like you said, who's the mole? Who's going to? But I think that it's important to answer them honestly. So that way, like you said, we can get to the problem or, you know, make it better. I think we work for a great ISD. My commute is sometimes an hour. I live in Cypher. So, I mean, I enjoy A-Leaf ISD. You you, you drive through a lot of districts Mm -hmm. to get to work. Exactly. And I can easily stop and uh, like what brings me here or, you know, in doing those surveys is A-Leaf has a lot of good benefits to offer. Well, one of the things we try to encourage people to take the survey and the benefit of another organization doing the survey is that we don't know, we don't receive the results directly. The results all go to a different location. So we don't know who says what. We re- just receive the data. So I think that that needs to be said. And For those listening. For, for those listening. And we do that intentionally Good. because we don't want people of to course. feel like the they're buyers. being looked at because of how they feel. So right. we intentionally ask an outsider to do this survey for us so that we could get true, honest feedback. Daryl, you mentioned the Houston Chronicle, which for those who don't live in the Houston area, that's the, our major daily distributed newspaper. They've been doing this for quite a while. They kind of do it by categories when they try to identify the annual best workplaces. What does that look like for school districts? Are we compared to other school districts? Are we compared to the private sector folks? I mean, kind of what does that look like to you? Yes. And so the first thing they do is they separate it into small, medium, and large companies or school Mm -hmm. districts. And 
certainly you can enter into this top workplace contest, whether you're a school district or whether you're a company. Once you enter the contest and your employees participate in the survey, they then take those results and they compare you to similar companies in the benchmark. And so if we're a school district, they're going to look at school districts of similar size, and then they're going to put us in that particular category and compare us to how those school districts are doing and how the employees in those school districts answered the surveys as well. So we've been very excited. The results aren't perfect, but we're okay with that. But in the last four years, uh, 2016 through 2019, We've been named a top workplace, and we're very excited about that. Again, from the positive side, but we also aware that we have some things to work on. You know, the fear factor of when you ask people their opinion, and you ask a lot of people their opinion. We, I know you shared, on average, we have about 60 to 65 percent of our staff that participates in this. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, I think we've had a high of, I believe, 71 percent and a low of around 60 percent. So it ranges between 60 and 70 percent. And uh, while that may sound low, that's actually a pretty high percent in terms of employees responding to a survey about culture. Yeah, it's off the charts high. Yeah, there's a lot of groups that are happy if they get a 25 percent. Elizabeth, from your perspective, you kind of oversee human resources. So you see all the issues that come that deal with adult behaviors in our organization. How have you seen the results of surveys, whether it's the top workplace survey or some others that we've had in the past? How have you viewed that from your perch? From a perspective of HR, obviously, when people come to our department, they're usually disgruntled or upset about something. So we've always heard the negative Mm -hmm. conversations that have occurred in in the district. However, when we send it out to a group as large as the group that we send it to and we receive the feedback, we see trends. We see trends of things that we've heard in the past, but we also see the positive. So I think it's a, a tool that we've looked at as a glows and grows. There are things that we're doing great and we need to communicate for the recruiting perspective that we make sure that we share the good things that we're doing. So it's been very helpful for us to know the positives. And then the things that we need to grow in, that's something that Mr. Chambers has told us very accountable as leaders that we are to go take the survey and go back and communicate it with our staff and use these grows Mm -hmm. as our goals to improve on our campus. So that's something that we've worked over the past four years. That's something we've been working on, creating processes to use this survey so that we can do better at what we currently do. Kim, from the employee's perspective, do you sense that there has become a a culture that most employees expect that we're going to ask for their opinions through some type of survey? And in some cases, are we asking it too much? Are there too many surveys? You know, based on on the fact we've been doing surveys for quite a while, at some point it becomes almost an expectation. Do you think that has kind of sunk into the staff? I mean, you being uh, a longtime employee in this district, has it become, yes, they're going to ask me my opinion but I think that it's good that to be asked your opinion. I mean, you know, your opinions positively and even negatively can be valid because you're going to look at the negative side and you're going to learn how to improve on that. And then you're going to take the positive and you're going to add more positive and make it better. If I'm tired of seeing surveys as yeah. an employee or if, if that's all we've become, um, no. Because I think it's important that we do do surveys. How are we going to make change? Our voice needs to be heard. And Surveys are there for those who can't get out and use their voice. So we're using it this way and getting our opinions. It's a double-edged sword, I guess. Sometimes you can oversaturate. And I think because you've been so intentional about receiving feedback, 
that the feedback that we receive, we do. This is just one source of feedback. Right. We do it through teacher groups. We do it through paper pencil survey. We do it through focus groups. So. I think if they are not comfortable with the feedback through a survey, we provide other options. So I hope that we're reaching every kind of person in that way. I'd like to have a little discussion or talk about what we have found. We've talked about this as, as a leadership group over the last several, well, last a year or two, I guess, that after you collect four or five years of survey data, you begin seeing patterns, particularly if you're asking similar questions to similar people in similar environments. Uh, and you keep getting consistent responses, good and bad, good and bad. There are, are there some things that, that we have noticed in this district, and well, let's talk about the positives first, and then we'll kind of talk about where we still have work to, to do and to continue improving. What are some of the patterns that we've started seeing as a result of these surveys? Yeah, so I think over the four years, we received positive feedback. For example, I believe A-Leaf ISD is going in the right direction. I think historically, the responses to that particular culture driver has been positive. A-Leaf ISD encourages different points of view. I think that's been uh, pretty common over the four years. In terms of areas or growth areas, we have seen some feedback that employees continue to need coaching and, and that they welcome coaching in terms of, you know, my supervisor helps me grow professionally. And that's always a challenge for a lot of different reasons, and including time. But that's an area that, you know, if we're honest, we have to look at that and see how, to, how can we improve on that. And that's important. Another area, you know, my job makes me feel like I am part of something meaningful. And so, you know, one of the things I was going to mention earlier is that when we give this survey, it's, it's May and at the end of the year. And that's probably the most difficult time in terms of the school calendar to give a survey of employees. It just happens to be when the survey is administered. You know, employees are probably a little stressed and yeah, exhausted that time of the year. On the edge. On the edge. Uh, and that's okay. <laughs> you know, I think Elizabeth was mentioning this a while ago. You know, I think part of our job as leaders is to create or to cultivate that uh, culture of feedback and that we have to be open to feedback uh, regardless of whether it's a glow or a grow, positive or negative. And, uh, but yes, there's been some trends um, in some of those that I mentioned just a few minutes ago. There's this idea that and let's just take one of the climate drivers, you will. The, the survey asked the question, do you believe A-Leaf's going in the right direction? Which is a very open-ended, where it requires someone to think more globally than just specifically about their immediate. They may, they may not be happy with their specific situation, but at the same time, they may look at the district as an overall. When we receive this feedback, what are our steps taken to try to, okay, what does that mean? You know, what does is, what is that question, what does that really mean? Are we, are we, you know, we're sharing this, we're creating action plans because of it. Talk a little bit about, you know, how we're using this information and not only for where we feel like we're doing well or what we're being told we're doing well, but for the areas in which we're not doing so well. Well, I can speak on what you've asked us to do in our yeah. department. We've taken the grows and glows and we've looked at some of the district grows and some of the district grows have been leadership, impacting leaders to be more effective at, as, in what they do. So we've reached out to our principals and our, our leader groups, and we've asked them, how can we better support you? What can we do to make you a better leader? And what they've communicated back to us are their needs. We are now offering professional development opportunities for the leaders to grow. Some of the courses that we'll be teaching are Crucial Conversations, 
how to be a successful supervisor, there's different ones that we've asked them, what can we do to help you? So they've given us some specific feedback. In regards to having question that you ask about ALEAF ISD in a whole, are we going in the right direction? One of the things I've noticed that you've done is you've taken that information, you've always shared with your upper leadership, but you're very intentional about creating videos so that what we're doing at the district level, everybody gets the opportunity to hear. And I think that that has come through these surveys. You realize that some people may not know what's going on. And because of that, you've made intentional strategies to address those areas. So each of the things that we've seen, we either use it to celebrate or we use to grow. Some of the things that we've learned on the positive side, what the survey does do is it takes the data and it disaggregates it for you so that you can see where are the big drivers of mm -hmm. things that you're doing very well and that you should go and celebrate. And some of the things that I think ALEAF should be very proud of is our diversity. That's our number one thing. People are very proud that we're in a diverse district, learning opportunities, that the district is supportive and that they feel teamwork and that they feel like a family. Those characteristics came out loud and clear throughout the district. And I think those are the things that I use in our department to use as recruiting strategies. So we look at those things and we create strategies that we put on our job fair posters and our job fair activities to make sure that we're communicating the things that we do well. The things that we're not doing so well in, that's what we're trying to do PD. We are intentionally having meetings to strategize on how to get better at those things. I think the danger of surveys is sometimes you can overreact one way or the other. And to add on with Elizabeth, um, with all with just not only being diverse, and we um, also do wellness. We're really big on wellness, and we offer incentives for um, for our wellness. And that kind of information we have learned through our asking for feedback through our surveys as well as teacher focus groups. Talk a little bit about the areas to improve upon, and and I want to. I think this is an area where. If you're in a leadership role, whether you're the CEO or the superintendent or no matter where you are, if you're leading people, when you start making decisions, you're going to – there are some people who are not going to be happy. That's just – it's nature of the world, the way the world works. However, I do think there are some ways to minimize that. And going back to the comment, I, I can't remember who made the comment, but this, this idea of listening to people and then more than just hearing them through a survey – than doing something about it or attempting to do something about it. Do we sense, and I'm, this is just a, I'm, I'm actually curious, do we sense there is a feeling out there that we do listen? And I don't mean to imply that we, we do everything everyone wants and just because someone complains about something or has an idea that we implement it, but this idea of listening and then trying to explain why we can't do what they're asking us to do, do we sense that from, from any of you guys uh, through anyone's lens that they, that they work through? Because it's important to me. It, it's, it's important to me that not that I satisfy everybody, not that I do everything, everything everybody wants, but they're heard. Their voice is heard. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I think, Mr. Chambers, you do an excellent job at uh, communicating and being very transparent because I think people want to hear the truth regardless of whether it's positive or negative. And so I think you do a very good job of, of being transparent. From my years in leadership and certainly now being in HR, um, you know, people do come in, as Elizabeth indicated, you know, they have concerns regarding uh, whatever that is. And people want to be heard. Uh, they really do. And I think that, you know, whether it's in person, uh, being able to communicate their concerns and, and making sure that they feel that someone's listening to them, or it's through a survey, they, they want to have a voice. And 
I think that, you know, we're starting to do that better. And I think our employees recognize that. I think we're very transparent. We're not just saying the things that we're just doing well, but we're also acknowledging the things that we need to grow on. And I think employees recognize that and respect that, that you're not just trying to say all the great things that we're doing. Yeah, we get criticized, not us personally, but people in our role sometimes criticize us because all we want to do is talk about all the the, the great things without acknowledging, okay, we do have some <laughs> some issues. Being in HR, I think, as we mentioned earlier, we hear from the employees that are dissatisfied. But I'm fortunate enough to be in many groups that I get to sit on the teacher advisory committees. I sit on the superintendent advisory committees. So each year, I kind of take a survey, an informal way of what are the trends that I'm hearing this year. And a perfect example about whether or not whether we use the information and do something about it I can share with you. Last year, throughout our meetings, we had a lot of student turnover. We had a lot of new students coming in and leaving. And we had a lot of students who had not yet been identified to be able to be receiving special ed services. So the trend that I heard last year were student behaviors. I brought this piece of information to council. And at council, we came up with a strategy of how are we going to help our teachers with the student behaviors. And so we came up with PD options. We provided more staffing. We also heard that teachers felt very emotional, that they were becoming very much overwhelmed because of the student behavior. So we provided a staffing unit for the emotional aspect of the job that they do. So based on the things that we hear, we bring back to a council and we decide whether or not this is valid, this is something we need to do something about, and then we take action. The other thing last year that we heard, being a district with lots of students coming in with very little language, that we had a lot of teachers feeling like most of the time that they're teaching, they don't have time to sit and plan. And so one of the things that they asked for was some more additional time for planning. So we brought that back. We did some focused teacher group meetings, and we brought that information back to council, and we added some planning days. So I think that the teachers and the staff members are heard if it's a consistent theme that's going throughout the district. That's an important point. I think it's our job to make sure this is not a knee-jerk reaction concern or an outlier of an issue that we don't need to change the entire system to solve that one problem. And that's hard. I mean, I, I think people that do what I do for a living sometimes want to, it's like a, like a politician. You know, you call up your locally elected official and you say, those potholes on my street are terrible. If you don't do something about it, I'm not going to vote for you next time. Well, the next thing you know, the most important thing in the world to that politician is those potholes on that street, where you may have bigger issues going on in your, in your area than just potholes. Uh, I think sometimes that we have to guard against that. I know I do personally. I, sometimes I feel like I have to solve every problem when it hits my desk. But to your point, Elizabeth, I think there's value in sitting and listening and take, and just listening to the conversations. It's it's one thing to look at what's written or what's reproduced on a survey report. It's another thing to just listen to people talk. And if they're talking about the same thing over and over and over, there's probably something to it. Like I said, I've said it several times, it's incumbent upon us to do something with that, to, to hear it and do something with it. We're a big organization, as, as I mentioned, and there's one thing I'm hoping that comes across in this conversation is, is that where, where it's due, we will take credit, and where it's not due, we will not. And where we need to improve, we will admit it, and we will attempt to improve and, and monitor it. The, the word monitor gets used a lot, and this is just one example of, of us trying to monitor our own behavior from, from a leadership perspective. Kim, you mentioned earlier you live, uh, you don't live in A-Leaf, right? You drive 
quite a while. You have a commute, right? And and we have a lot of employees. I, I remember we got, yeah, Daryl lives in, they're, they're near on the Gulf of Mexico. Right? Oh. <laughs> I don't feel bad. Because on a good day, I could do like maybe 35, 40. <laughs> but, uh, but in all seriousness, I, I recall several years ago, I was going out and I was at a campus. I was at Boone Elementary talking to their teacher of the year, and she told me she lived in Conroe. And she had been commuting from Conroe, the north side of Conroe at that, to Ailey for, I don't know, 11, 12 years. And it just kind of struck me, you know, I said, you must drive through at least a dozen school districts to get here. Don't be running late because you're going to hit all them school zones. <laughs> why is early. Why is that? Why, why, do you, why do you do that? What is it about Ailey for? What is it about your role? that? Why do you drive an hour both ways every day to come to work in Ailey? Because we have a lot of people that do this. We Wh- do. Why? So in every department and in schools, you had to have been invited to a potluck. And the diversity and the culture, the food you know, you don't have to travel to these countries or different places or different cities. Um, we're so culturally, um, I would have to say, really, I'm really deep in the culture. And, and yes, and if you haven't been invited to a, a potluck, you guys have to get to a campus, especially one that got a parent center because they're, they're going to, it's going to be, it's going to so be a nice So you come for the food? You come, come for the food? food. The answer is a no. Food. <laughs> the food is a plus, but we offer, um, we're competitive salaries. Um, again, going back to the wellness, um, for the teachers, I'm a secretary and, you know, I try to step into some classrooms and the PDs that we offer, our teachers are really strong. When I talk to people who are in Katy or who are in Cypher, I'll tell you right now, they'll hire an A-Leaf employee in a minute because I think that our foundation and the extensive trainings are so strong that when you put them in different areas, it's like... Where you're weird. Where'd you come from? Um, so I, I do believe that, you know, A-Leaf does, um, and y'all take care of me. If you take care of me, that means you're taking care of my family. Um, so, I mean, it, it can't get any better than that. And the growth opportunities. I've been here 11, going on my 12th year, and, and I've had some pretty good growth opportunities. They're out there if, you know, if you seek them. Um, I've, I've had, I've been blessed to work with, you know, two principals and under two directors, and they're all about pushing me along. And Mr. Chambers, a couple years ago, uh, right after the hurricane, we had an employee that came to HR just needing some assistance. And uh, in talking to the employee, the employee lived uh, outside the Beaumont area. And, and, and not only, he, he'd been working in Ailey for 30 years. And so that was, that taught me a lot about Word. the culture of Ailey. and. Word. And you know, the when help. employees feel connected and they feel a part of their, their workplace's home, you know, they're willing to drive what we would consider to be, you know, a good distance yeah. to, to go to work. And so uh, I'm sure that particular employee's had multiple opportunities to work and shorten his drive. But, you know, he feels A-Leaf is home. And, and certainly that's the culture that we're trying to create and cultivate. And our goal certainly is for every employee to feel that way. Yeah. I had a good friend tell me where I could easily apply in Cypher and drive maybe 15 miles the most. But instead, I drive a good 40. And he said, well, and I said, yeah, you know, the commute. And he said, well, you can drive the, the 15 miles and you can go to work and it might just be like going to work. Like, it might not be good. But I know when I drive 40 miles and I come into work, I know I'm going to have a good day. So <laughs> that, that's a plus, too. Like you said, the family part. That's the crux of the – I mean, that's a sweet spot, and it doesn't exist for everyone. 
You know, it's, it's not, it doesn't, not, not everyone has that attitude. Doesn't mean they're unhappy. Doesn't mean they're miserable. But if you can get to a point as an organization where you have testimonies like that, or like yours, that at the end of the day, it's not about the money. It's, it's not even about the food or the, no. it's about who you work with. It's about, am I going to enjoy my job? Doesn't mean it's not stressful. Doesn't mean it's not difficult. Doesn't mean I don't get frustrated. But when you go home at night and you, you've enjoyed what you did that day for, as a part of your craft or part of your living. And you mentioned the word diversity. In many of our exit surveys, that's probably one of the number one thing that they say that has kept them here was the, the diversity. I think A-Leaf is so unique in the way and the the students that we serve and even our, our adult population. So I think that keeps people here. They love working with children from other countries and being feeling like they can make a difference for those children. Mm-hmm. The giving back. We mm-hmm. offer a lot, you know, our pantries and stuff like that. Well, I think all of us have had jobs at some point where it was just a job. Like there was nothing really. I mean, yeah, I got paid for it. And maybe it was easy. Maybe it was hard. I don't know. Right. But it was a job. And this is the truth. I, this is one of the things that I find difficult to explain to people that in A-Leaf, it's hard work. If you're a teacher, if you work in a classroom in this district, it's hard work. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. it. It's difficult work, in part because teaching alone is hard work. In the best of circumstances, it's hard work. But then you you bring in language barriers, as Elizabeth mentioned earlier. We got, good Lord, I don't know, only 85, 90 different languages spoken in this district. Uh, you bring in kids who are coming from backgrounds and home environments that would make you just make you cry thinking about it. You add on top of the, those layers of that, and it's hard work, but my gosh, it's rewarding. You actually feel like you did something when you go home. Or when you wake up in the morning, you think, it actually matters if I go to work today. Because there are some places where it doesn't really matter if I go to work. You know, they may miss me for a little bit, but but in, in this district, it matters. Like if I don't come, if I don't go to work tomorrow, there's going to be a kid that suffers because of that. There's a tremendous amount of pride that people should take in that. Uh, just personal. No one should have to tell them. They shouldn't have to tell anybody else. It should just be something inherently intrinsic about about the work. And that's what I find. People that love a leaf. People that travel from all parts of the southeast Texas. That is a common characteristic, right? I mean, you're not in your heads. I mean, that, that that's a common. If you don't like the hard work, if you don't care whether you're needed that day, or if you don't care that you went home and can say I had a good day, then probably at least not the place for you. You're probably gonna, you're probably not going to make it here very long. And we'll keep weeding them out until we find the ones that want to be here. I want to thank you guys. Uh, you know, for those listening, and I know we got employees that are going to listen to this, and community members, and taxpayers, and uh, and those even skeptical of surveys and skeptical of what does what do they do with that information. It is my sincere and honest, uh, genuine desire that we use this information to the best of our ability. That we don't overreact, and we don't underreact, and that we don't ignore. And sometimes we get it right, sometimes we don't, but it's not because we're not going into it with our eyes wide open. So this is one way that we're attempting to create an enjoyable experience. So I want everyone to feel like Kim does when she wakes up in the morning and knows she's going to have a good day and goes home at the end of the day knowing she did something that was worthwhile. That's um, that's important. Never a dull moment. No, it's never dull, never dull. So uh, anyway, thank you guys for being a part of this. And we will uh, we will continue aspiring, and hopefully we'll become a. It's it's nice to know that we've been a top workplace for what four years in a row now. Four years. 2016, 17, 18, and 19. There's a pattern, right? Something's going right. We're doing something right. And if I will add, you know, Elizabeth mentioned earlier about culture and recruiting. And as we go out and talk to our um, applicants that just graduated from universities, when we talk about our culture and why to come to A Leaf based on the culture. 
they are very impressed with that. So even those that have not started their teaching career, uh, culture is very important to them. And this has been a, a very positive in terms of recruiting and retention and everything else. Today's millennials, that that's important to them. Mm-hmm. They want to know, is, does it matter? Does it mean now, they may not stick around for three or four years because they're going to go do something else, but that is important to them. So, all right. Well, again, thank you, guys. I do appreciate thank appreciate you. y'all joining us. So this has been Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers with A-Leaf ISD. Thank you, and have a great day. This has been an AMP production.